Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Do you have a PhD in theology? Do you have a master's degree in apologetics? Do you think that you need those things to be a faithful Christian and able to bear witness to Jesus Christ and have deep worship for Jesus Christ? We're going to meet a man today that helps us see otherwise. While it is good, certainly, to study theology, to study apologetics, there's so much value in those things, that even if you don't have all the expertise and don't have all the knowledge in the world, it is still possible to have a simple yet profound worship for Christ and bear witness of Him as well. And we're going to see all this in the conclusion of the story of the blind man in John chapter 9, as we look at verses 25 through 41. And as we look at this, we start to see this blind man bear witness. And uh, we saw in the last verse yesterday how he was challenged by the religious leaders. Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answers, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. I think that is a very powerful testimony uh, given by this man, that there's a lot he does not know at this point, but he's bearing this simple witness. I was blind, but now I see. And, And that simple witness turns into a simple worship as later Jesus seeks this man out. Uh, This man still does not know enough to really explain much, but he knows enough even to uh, really be persecuted for the sake of Christ. He gets cast out of the synagogue, right? I mean, he doesn't cave to the pressure, but it's clear at this point, he still doesn't know that Jesus even is the Messiah. And then Jesus seeks him out and asks him, do you believe in the Son of Man, a messianic title? And the blind man, the formerly blind man at this point, answers, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. So there we see uh, just this element of this worship that this man has as he sees now Christ for who he is. He instantly believes and worships. But apparently some of the Jewish leaders are still around because in verse 40, they asked Jesus, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see your guilt remains. And I do believe in some ways this man born blind is something of an object lesson, even connected with chapter 8 and these ideas of Jesus being the light of the world, that he is trying to make a spiritual point with this blind man as well. That the Pharisees, because they think that they see, because they think that they have the knowledge, they are the ones who are clearly blind. And this blind man, he is the one who now sees. And there's that powerful contrast that is built throughout this chapter. Now, how can you have that simple yet powerful witness and that simple yet powerful worship 
for Christ? Well, really, it's going to stem from those issues. Do you see yourself as someone who is blind? Do you have, in some ways, the humility of this man born blind, or do you have the pride of the Pharisees? Even as you think about your own salvation, do you think you are where you are because you are better than other people? Or do you realize it is 100% because of the grace of God? Can you identify with the simple yet profound and powerful lyrics of the familiar and famous hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Can you identify yourself as a wretch? Can you realize that if Christ found me and he opened my eyes, and without that, I wouldn't see. I would still be blind. A lot of that simple witness and simple worship that ends up being powerful and profound comes um, from just that humble acknowledgement that I am a sinner that needs a Savior, that I was blind, but now because of Christ, I can see. And again, there's so much value in adding to our knowledge of the Bible and theology and why we believe what we believe. But if you are saved and you have that humble recognition of how Christ saved you, he can use you to have simple yet profound witness and a simple yet profound worship for him. Now, as we grow in the Christian life, one important thing is discernment. And we see a little bit about that in the small book of 3 John. Sometimes some of these books that we're in right now are referred to as the postcard epistles, um, because these are letters sent from uh, these different uh, characters, John and Jude, um, but they're they're short. It's almost like they could fit on a a, port, a postcard. And so, as we consider Third John, right, he's writing now to this beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. And truth is clearly an important thing here. He says, "For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking." in the truth. And so walking in the truth is an important thing. And so that's where even though some Christians may vary in their knowledge and and some might know more than others, it is important that we are all holding fast to the truth. Some may understand the truth better than others, but we must hold on to that and discern what, what is true from what is wrong. And he encourages him that uh, those that really show hospitality um, to those that are testifying of the truth. Verse 8, therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. But then he warns them about this guy named Diotrephes, who Paul or John says, who likes to put himself first, but does not acknowledge our authority. And it talks about him talking wicked nonsense against us. And that he is not welcoming the brothers. And then he gets kind of some, to some things that are important about discernment. In verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And so there's that discernment of who should we follow? Who should we imitate? And so as we grow in the Christian life, these are skills that we need to learn. And again, these are skills that must be trained through the word of God. 
Now, we see a warning as we go now to the Old Testament and Ezekiel 20. And this is where some knowledge of biblical history is helpful because these elders of Israel come to inquire of the Lord to Ezekiel and Ezekiel basically says, hey, you have been ignoring me for hundreds of years and you're going to ignore me again now. Right? And he goes and he details the history of just their rebellion, even in the wilderness and beyond. And he details all of this history of their continued rebellion and really points out to them uh, just the, the danger of that. And that is they, you can't walk in rebellion and then come and say, God, speak to me. Uh, and really, uh, obviously, we can repent and find forgiveness in Christ, but he's pointing out that's not their heart. They're not coming to God really in repentance. They're not coming to God saying, yeah, we have been in sin. We have been rebelling against you. We want to stop rebelling against you. We repent of that rebellion. They're just coming asking God for help as they're still walking in their rebellion. And so that should be a warning that again rings out through the ages to many people today. And perhaps some of you is the pattern of your life, the history of your life, one of rebellion against God. And even though you might pay some lip service, uh, really the pattern of your life is rebellion. Well, the only way that you will ultimately experience the restoration of God is going to be through repentance. And there's one really interesting verse that might be helpful to discuss in verse 25 of chapter 20, where he says, Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good and rules by which they could not have life. What in the world is that talking about? Uh, God giving bad statutes and bad rules? Is that talking about the law? Is that talking about the Old Testament? Uh, Some other translations uh, refer to this even, I gave them up to statutes that were not good. And I think this ultimately is a reference uh, to the ways of their idolatry. And that he gave up to them. And I think that's supported by verse 26, where it talks about them offering up all their firstborn. That's clearly not something that God commanded the people of Israel to do. So I think that sense of he gave them up to these statutes and rules of idolatry is a a helpful way to understand what can be a confusing verse there. Uh, Finally, let's wrap up in Psalm 129. Again, as we go through these songs of ascent, And here we see one really that's dealing with oppression. And like we see in the Psalms, uh, it it goes out to God to cry for justice. He talks about this great affliction that he has experienced since his youth. But then he reminds himself of the Lord in verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. And then he really prays for God to bring justice and God to judge those who hate Zion, as he says. And he wants them to be judged in a way where they're not experiencing the blessing of the Lord. And so again, I think the lesson we see from that is in affliction, we look to God for justice. As Christians, God makes it clear we are never to seek vengeance for ourselves and to enact that ourselves, but it's not wrong for us to seek justice from God. But again, let's just remember that example from the blind man in John chapter 9. He didn't know much, but he said, One thing I know, I once was blind, but now I see. And may all of us be able to bear that simple yet profound witness and worship to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.